Hi, it's The Wire, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is February 11th, 2022. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just say, in boxing, in my opinion, there are two groups. There's the heavyweight champ, and then there's everyone else, right? We remember decades in boxing by who the heavyweight champ was, right? There were a lot of great fighters in the 1950s. In your heart, you know that if I asked you to name three fighters from the 1950s, Rocky Marciano would be on the tip of your tongue. Right, the heavyweight champ, by virtue of size, is the baddest man on the planet. We assume that if a middleweight champion hopped in the ring with the heavyweight champion, the heavyweight champion would beat him. Now, let me just point out that hasn't always been the case. Right, the great Bob Fitzsimmons, a name that should be on the tip of your tongue, went up from middleweight and beat the then reigning heavyweight champion, right? Uh, for those keeping track, Roy Jones openly talks about how he wanted to follow Bob Fitzsimmons's legacy, right? Fitzsimmons, of course, then drops down a light heavyweight and wins that title too. Well, in the heavyweight division, these aren't normal times. You actually have a heavyweight and no one seems to believe me on this, and that's fine. <laughs> I've made a decent share of income betting on this guy. He's still unbeaten. You have a heavyweight champion who's historical. You don't always have that. Right? A champion who actually is one of the best in history. I have no idea. And I'm clueless on this. How anyone could have been alive during the Vladimir Klitschko era and then watched the challenge of him by Tyson Fury. Seeing a big man the size of Fury up on his toes, working behind a jab, just the rhythm had Vladimir Klitschko beaten, right? Understand, this was the same Tyson Fury who beats Derek Chisora, that Derek Chisora, fighting inside. And here he is behind a jab, a tall man who knows how to use lamps, right? You don't see that often, right? More times than not, Tall men are like Mario Barrios was against Keith Thurman, leaning over the pocket, getting hit with shots, right? They're accustomed to fighting shorter guys. Well, here you have a tall man who knows he's tall, and he's skilled, and he's mobile, and he's ambidextrous, and he's bold, the kind of boldness that comes with craziness. So he's dropping his hands against Vladimir Klitschko.
you understood that after watching, and no knock on Vladimir Klitschko, he's a certain Hall of Famer, right? But after watching a very plotting Vladimir Klitschko reign as heavyweight champion, you understood that you were back to people on their toes in the heavyweight division, dancing around the ring. You can't tell whether Fury's going right or left when he first starts dancing. He's taunting the heavyweight champ. Folks, that's one of the dominant performances in any weight class over the last 15 years. And for it to represent the end of a heavyweight reign, right? There's a time where you knew who the heavyweight champ was. It was Vladimir Klitschko even when they had off-brand titles, off-brand title holders. To have a champion lose his title systematically, methodically, like Vladimir Klitschko did in that fight against Tyson Fury should have told you. I'm watching history here. Right, I mentioned Rocky Marciano earlier. The problem with Marciano is that there are stretches in fights. The first 12 or so rounds of this first fight against Jersey Joe Walcott, where Marciano looks clueless, right? Where Marciano's getting hit too much. When you're looking at a historical heavyweight, you understand that that's not the case that you could drop the guy in to any era in heavyweight boxing and the guy is going to hold his own. So let me just say, when you think Tyson Fury, the only other analogy I can come up with in boxing where you watch the fight and you understood you were watching the past going up against the future, right? Just a different interpretation of the sport is the first Ali-Liston fight. Where Liston, fearsome champion, comes to win, according to folklore, even has liniment with him to load up his gloves, to blind Ali, right? So he's not there to lose. I don't care how mobbed up Liston was. But Liston couldn't keep up with Ali's movement. Once you see the movement, and the timing and the jabs in the first round. You understand Liston's in trouble. Well, you knew by round four that Tyson Fury had taken Vladimir Klitschko's title unless Klitschko changed the dynamic. And it doesn't happen until the 12th round. For some reason, Tyson Fury is allergic to 12th rounds. Right? Vladimir Klitschko lands some shots. We're all excited. You knew at that point. In Germany. Right? In Vladimir Klitschko's backyard. Because Klitschko, of course, was fighting out of Germany. You knew he was behind in the fight by at least three rounds. Now, I mentioned that to people. And, you know, you 
you point out the obvious. You know, you see the fight and it's hitting you in the face, right? You point out the obvious that, wow, Tyson Fury is a special heavyweight and no one believes it. And of course, like Ali, another historical heavyweight, Tyson Fury ends up outside of the sport. So when he comes back, there are even more doubters. And of course, like Ali, Tyson Fury runs off at the mouth in interviews. So you listen to him for a while and you're thinking, this guy's a loon. This guy is crazy. And let's face it, both Ali and Tyson Fury had a bit of crazy in them. Right? Well, let me just say, let me throw in another heavyweight. You know, the Larry Holmes era, it was clear that you were looking at a historical heavyweight. Right? Holmes's jab was the kind of jab where tough guys, Jerry Cooney, who you thought were going to give him a hard time, couldn't get through the jab. Right? You understood that Larry Holmes, if you went back in history, if Larry Holmes fought a Floyd Patterson, a Marciano, a Dempsey, you had to ask yourself, could any of these guys get by his jab? Well, let me just say, the Tyson Fury-Dylan White fight comes down to Tyson Fury. Understand it's all about Tyson Fury. Just like if you were racing Usain Bolt, the question would be, how close to his A-game is Usain Bolt? Because you could be world-class running nine-eighths in the 100 meters. And you understand that prime Usain Bolt is down around nine-seven. So it is here. If the Tyson Fury, and this is the open question, and it's a big one. If Tyson Fury is still the Tyson Fury who beat Vladimir Klitschko. If he can fight that fight again, on his toes, dancing, right? We saw flashes of it, the first Deontay Wilder fight, right? If he can fight that fight, moving around the ring, behind a jab, not slugging with White, rather daring White to get through his jab, daring White to come find him. If he's still that guy, in my opinion, White has no chance of beating him. In my opinion, as ridiculous as this sounds, this fight is a mismatch. Now, one of the big reasons for the question mark on whether Tyson Fury is still that guy is in part because of the problems that led to Tyson Fury being out of the ring. Let's be clear here. The Ali of the 60s is a freak athlete with spectacular legs. When he comes back in the 70s, he's lost the legs. He's no longer that Ali. Right? You can go back 
to all the fights Ali has in the 70s, right? The Jerry Quarry fight. The uh, first Joe Fraser fight. That's not the Ali who beats Zora Fali. That's not the Ali who beats Liston. That's not the Ali who puts down what, in my opinion, is the best heavyweight performance I've seen against Cleveland Williams. Well, here, Tyson Fury comes back. We see the legs against Deontay Wilder. Let's be clear here. While I'll give Wilder two 10-8 rounds, the two rounds where he gets the knockdowns against Tyson Fury, right? Of course, one of them's the 12th, right? Someone needs to remind Tyson Fury that fights aren't 11-round fights. They're 12-round fights, right, at the championship level. But you and I know, privately, Tyson Fury won every other round of that fight. In a 12-round fight on my scorecard, Tyson Fury won 10 rounds. They call that fight a draw. Believe it or not, that's the blemish on Tyson Fury's record. Right? That's the problem Tyson Fury has. Right? It's the same problem Ali had, ironically, when people thought guys like Ernie Terrell were going to rough him up. When you're a mover and you're flamboyant outside the ring and you're talking a lot of smack, people don't take you seriously. They think Liston had an off night. Then when you win the rematch, they think Liston through the fight. Well, with Tyson Fury, I'll just put it to you this way. He comes back, he dances the first fight against Wilder and gets robbed. Right? That fight's not a draw. Bomb Squad, I know you disagree with me. Tell us about it in the comment section of this video. So then Fury decides he's going to go flat-footed because... Let's be blunt. He's a better boxer than Deontay Wilder. He sees that Wilder isn't Anthony Joshua, right? Joshua can knock you out with left or right hand, right? If I'm fighting Joshua and I'm looking at that right hand and I get neglectful, I could walk into a big left hand and get knocked out. That's not the case with Wilder. I know someone in the comment section is going to talk about the Bermain Stavern fight. Okay. Okay, fine. But uh, let's just say Wilder's one-handed. He's not a blessed puncher with both hands. Rather, he has one A-plus straight right hand. Now, the question is whether Wilder's limitations have negatively impacted Fury. Because against Wilder, Fury could get in the pocket and trade. The second fight's a mismatch. Fury comes out for the third fight and decides he's gonna, I shouldn't say get in the pocket, from slightly outside the pocket. He was able to trade long range, straight lefts and straight right hands. Right? He cracks Wilder's code. Comes out in the third fight is winning that fight and then, of course, gets dropped because he's not dancing. He's not moving. He's not the Tyson Fury who fought Vladimir Klitschko. 
in the Otto Wallen fight, he starts that fight and he's, you know, trying to move a bit. He gets cut. That's another thing to look at with Fury. He gets cut. The cut's gushing. That fight should have been stopped. Well, after he gets cut, Fury decides to fight inside. So we haven't seen the sustained fight from Tyson Fury, where he's moving around the ring and sticking out a jab and just destabilizing his opponent with movement and timing and spacing like we saw him do against Vladimir Klitschko. So let me just say, Dylan White prides himself on being a body puncher. He calls himself the body snatcher. Maybe that's an homage to the great Mike McCallum. If you don't know about Mike McCallum, go back and look at his victory over Julian Jackson. Right? Well, understand, even though these guys have sparred together, Right? They know each other. There's a level of familiarity. I don't expect Dylan White to get close to Tyson Fury's body. Not close to the body. Understand, too, Fury, historical heavyweight, is different than Alexander Povetkin. Povetkin's episodic. He jumps in. He throws bombs. He comes back out. Some of what he's doing is predetermined. Right? He knows, okay, this time when I jump in, I'm going to throw a low left hand. I'm going to come back with a high left hook. Then he gets back out. Tyson Fury's different. This is the mover who is moving and seeing the openings it creates. He's jabbing with you. He's conscientious of distance. He's unorthodox, like Ali, as he pulls away, sometimes his hands are going to be down. By the way, that costs Ali against Joe Fraser in their first fight when Fraser catches Ali with a left hook that drops Ali, right? Ali's hands, of course, are down, right? Tyson Fury is different than Alexander Povetkin. I'm not expecting Dylan White to add to land jabs. Because Fury is going to be outside. Fury has the longer reach. Fury is going to see the jab coming against a mobile guy who can dance around the pocket, who knows to lean backwards, not forwards, who knows he has the height advantage and isn't going to give it away. Those jabs, like they would with Vitaly Klitschko, in my opinion, a better heavyweight than Vladimir Klitschko, those jabs are going to end here. I'm not expecting Dylan White to be able to do much of anything against Tyson Fury. That's if Fury is still the Vladimir Klitschko Fury. If Fury still has his back foot and timing and ambidexterity. I believe he dominates Dylan White. 
I don't think the fight's competitive. Let me point out, too, that Fury, behind the scenes, is supposed to be really good friends with Joseph Parker. In my opinion, and I know I might be the last man standing who believes in Joseph Parker, but in my understanding of the sport, Parker should have beaten Dylan White. Right? I predicted he would. Dylan White proved me wrong. Let me point out that Dylan White's fans do have an axe to grind with me, right? Because Dylan White proved me wrong in the Prevetkin rematch. Right? Dylan White has proven me wrong multiple times. But Joseph Parker, after getting dropped with a forearm, look at the film, don't believe me, right? And he, did, and he does get dropped once legitimately in that fight. He stages a comeback. I want you to look at the 12th round of that fight, folks. Dylan White is lucky it was a 12-round fight. Had it been a 15-round fight, there's no way Dylan White would have made it to the end of that fight. Now, Fury's been in the ring with Dylan White. Fury also can talk to Parker about what he saw. In that Dylan White fight, Parker gives away too many rounds early in that fight. Right? Parker's a guy who, quite frankly, should be in fourth gear more than he is. Right? Parker, again, better athlete than Dylan White. Dylan White structured, had a, has a great jab, <coughs> has ring coverage. Not Joe Fraser level, but he has ring coverage on things like left hooks. Right? But he's a very good heavyweight. He's not a historical heavyweight. You can drop Tyson Fury into any era. Quite frankly, and I know this would be heresy to my dad. Quite frankly, I think Tyson Fury would beat Joe Lewis, who didn't have foot speed. Who had a problem with Billy Kahn, a light heavyweight moving around the ring. Right? Understand, with Fury, it's my belief that it's the cruiserweight types. It's the athletic types. Otto Wallen, great athlete, who give him more problems. Michael Hunter, in my opinion, would give Tyson Fury more problems. It's the coordinated guys who can move who have some speed, who can go off cadence, right? Whose rhythm is not predictable. Those are the guys who would give Fury a harder time than a structured heavyweight who's very good but who's predictable, like Dylan White. I don't believe White will be able to land body shots. I don't believe White will be able to land his jab. I believe White will be reduced to lunging in with hooks on Tyson Fury. And, oh yes, Tyson Fury can counter. I'm expecting Fury to dominate this fight. Right? This is that weird heavyweight era where you actually have a great fighter and people haven't been able to figure it out. Right? You know, Tyson Fury has a brother. 
spiritually. His name is Terence Crawford, right? Our era is such that we haven't been able to figure out that Terence Crawford would beat Errol Spence badly, right? I like Crawford in that fight. You're going to get resistance. At heavyweight, if you're walking around in public and you say, yeah, Tyson Fury's a great heavyweight, you're going to get resistance, right? What he's going to continue to do, in my opinion, here against Dylan White is to stay unbeaten. If you saw the first Wilder Fury fight, we'll call it Wilder Fury because Wilder was the champ at the time, right? Even though you know where I stand, Fury is the lineal, right? I'll just say it's an embarrassment to boxing that that fight was called a draw. Right? That's an embarrassment. Right? Tyson Fury is unbeaten with a draw. You and I know he's really unbeaten, period. Right? A big man who moves like this, who has the mobile center of gravity who can stay outside and beat you methodically, then who, if needed, unlike Larry Holmes, can actually come inside if he's fighting a Derek Chisora who's relentless on the front foot, or if he's cut and he doesn't want to give an athletic opponent an opportunity to work on that cut from distance. Fury can come inside, put a shoulder in your chest, and work you over. You saw that in the third Wilder fight, didn't you? Right? So put me among those who considers this fight a mismatch. Let me congratulate both guys because both guys are getting paid handsomely for this fight. Right? Dylan White it's long overdue. He should have gotten a shot at the heavyweight title earlier. Right? He did lose to Anthony Joshua. Okay, fine. Right? But he should have gotten another shot earlier. He has persevered. He has made it impossible for Tyson Fury to avoid him. He won some tough fights along the way. He came back from adversity after losing the first Povetkin fight. He's getting paid millions of dollars here, right? What we're going to have here is a heavyweight champion, Fury, putting an exclamation point on a historical title run that, quite frankly, we, the public, are not giving him proper respect for, right? Let's remember, he fights Vladimir Klitschko when Klitschko is champ, when Klitschko is fighting on a regular basis. Somehow, the public was more excited when Klitschko loses without the title to Anthony Joshua. When Klitschko, of course, had had a year of inactivity. The two are analogous. Anyway, let me go start my workday here. Let me thank you for listening. The bet I like here is simply... Tyson Fury to win. Make no mistake, folks, I'm expecting a clinic here. I like Fury to win. If I had to hedge the play, I'd sprinkle a little bit on the under. 
right? Because if this fight gets to the later rounds, in my opinion, Dylan White's going to have even less of a chance against Tyson Fury. So since I believe Dylan White's only chance is an early stoppage, I'm going to take the under. Why? Because, don't get me wrong, it's Tyson Fury to win. That's the main bet. The under, the under gives me Fury by early KO. So if he gets the early KO, then you win both halves of the bet. If White gets an early KO, then you're hedged. That's how I'm playing it. Let me hear from you. Tell us how you're playing it in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.